0: Hey everyone, we appreciate you listening. We'll get into the show in a bit, but just want to mention go check out our Twitter page at Midcourt Madness for all of our show updates as well as some breaking news tweets. Also, check out our website where we post all of our writing at midcourtmadness.wordpress.com. Here's the show. On today's Midcourt Madness, the college basketball season is officially here. The John Rothstein counter is approaching zero, and we have a big slate of games upcoming, including the Champions Classic. And actually, because I think I heard someone say tuesday it's like tuesday or wednesday or a combination of the two there's like 150 games or something like that just a ridiculous amount it just could be jam-packed we'll also get into suspension news and some tournament bans right after this Okay, Bigs. Like I said in the intro, we have a lot of stuff to preview. There's a ton of games in the next few days, but I thought it'd be fun if we just started off with sort of what we're looking forward to this year, um, and it could be anything really. So, what's the mo- thing you're most looking forward to?
1: This is a great way to start this, John, because I, I this is perhaps maybe the newsiest, biggest, most impactful thing. This this is something that that I saw here it broke. Uh, maybe a couple of days ago. It could be something that impacts the top of the sport in a big way, potentially knocking out a contender. Um, here is the, t- I'm going to read the tweet from you by Adam Zagoria. He's uh, he's the guy who owns Zags I think he works for maybe the New York post. Now he's, he's kind of one of college basketball's big knockers. Here's his tweet. As of November 4th, uh, what day is it right now? It is the fifth, uh, the fifth. So this was yesterday. We're recording this on a Friday. Um, p.m., November 4th. Now, I think that's Eastern time, so we're looking at like 5 o'clock our time, but, you know, that's cornfield time. Kevin Willard said the At Big East men's basketball coaches debated going casual dress versus suits for an hour on the call. And finally, Jay Wright gave the final word. Casual dress it is. Jay Wright said that. I thought Jay Wright would be against it. Jay Wright, casual dress. Does this knock Villanova from the ranks of the contenders? Is Jay Wright getting soft is the big question here. You know how Jay Wright handled last year. He was in he was in sweats last year, and, and and you as you mentioned many times last year, he looked lost out there.
0: Yeah, and like you know the thing about Jay Wright, he's got this little vibe to him where nor- in normal years, you know, pre COVID, he looks like an Italian mob guy to me. He's got like the slick, he's back like a hair. handsome boy. He's, he's got yeah, he's got the slick back hair. He's got the perfect suit on. He's one of the best looking coaches, if not the best looking coach in all college basketball. And now I have to see him in sweatpants
1: all season. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll be honest. Like if I did a power ranking, Villanova would have been in the top five. I, I might move him down into maybe like that fringe top 25 range. Wow. That's, that's big, bigs. Here's big. here's here's the question. You said Jay Wright is one of the best looking college basketball coaches. And, and generally, I think before last year I would have agreed with you, but I was talking about this with my wife the other day. We were talking, we were looking at a different couple and, and there's, you know, a man and a wife and, and the wife is particularly – Like she's, she's a looker. She's not ugly. Right. But my wife said, I think she's pretty, but I think it's more her style that makes her really pretty. If you see her just in like yoga pants, she's not as good looking. So it's like her style gives her like a, let's give it an arbitrary, like two point boost. Maybe she's like a seven, but because of her style, she looks like a nine. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You you know where I'm going? Like what's Jay Wright's number with the suit versus does the suit make the man kind of a (sighs) Tony Stark thing? Does the suit make the man?
0: I kind of feel like looking up pictures of both sides for Jay, right? So you speak on here. You go up with another one and I'm going to look to see how he looks here without a suit. Okay.
1: Cause I can't here's, picture it in my mind. Here's, here's another one that I'm, that I'm particularly looking forward to. And, and I'm going to beat you to the punch on this because I have a feeling that you're going to have something about this, or I'm going to take away the temptation for you because I know it's something you're dying to see as well. And that is our North Carolina potentially joining the 21st century on offense.
0: I saw a tweet right before this um, talking about Dawson Garcia was starting in their
1: exhibition over Brady Manick. Which I, I don't think – I I think if people are going to worry – I think spending a second worrying about which one of those three big guys comes off the bench is too many. They're all going to play 25-ish minutes a game. They're all going to play plenty. Baycott's not a 35-minute-a-game guy. He's a big, bruising kind of hulk of a man, right? All of those guys are going to play probably twenty-five to thirty minutes a game, and it's going to be who's playing well. Someone's going to get in foul trouble. Stuff like that's going to happen. The question is, if they're joining the twenty-first century, shooting a bunch of threes, is it a good thing? It's good to shoot threes when you can make a lot of threes. It's just like Coach Roy used to say. I don't want, I don't want
0: shooters. I want makers. Right.
1: Right. So do they have? Do they have shots?
0: Was he talking about guys who make shots, or was he talking about makers? Mark is he? Is that whiskey? Is he a whiskey guy?
1: I could see that. Okay, it's Scotch um, clock on a Friday.
0: Yeah, but back to Jay Wright. Like, I literally typed in Jay Wright without suit, and I can't see any pictures. What? Yeah, it's weird.
1: But did just no? Did he find a way to like? Is it the Coach K? Did he like have? Does Jay may, Wright may, like kind of a like a mob that erased all evidence of it? As I
0: was gonna say, maybe you're onto something. Maybe he is that bad looking without a suit, and he realizes it himself. So he just scrubbed the internet of him.
1: But then why would he why would he be the one to suggest casual? That's a good point. I don't yeah. understand. What's maybe he doing? He's been drinking
0: too much makers.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> he just uh. looks so much better. I've got the best the best thing I could come up with is if you if you give a little quick Google search to Jay Wright Casual, do a little searching, you can find a, a photo of him just kind of in like uh he's well, got like I a three quarter hoodie. zip. Wait,
0: hang on one second. Kind of a
1: Villanova three-quarter zip look, where he's got the mask on, and underneath he's got maybe kind of a polo, you know. And and, and he's an and he's an older gentleman, right? I mean, he's probably in his fifties, right? I mean, he's not like a young a young guy, but I think that I think that casual look lets him kind of lets his body kind of sag a little bit. He needs kind of the he needs the suit keeping everything right. in place.
0: I, I think I found and I think you're right. I see it just with the quarter zip that you're talking about. He looks like he's on his way to like a school board meeting or something. Like, he's on like a city school. Is he does his school board?
1: <laughs> he looks like he's on the way to the school board meeting. You're right.
0: Oh my god! No, I think I think you're right on this. I think his style makes him look better. Um, yeah, he's like a six,
1: and in the suits, he's like a ten.
0: <laughs> but continuing on your point. Um, I think, this is gonna, I think this is something that is here to stay, and I think it's going to expand. I think the ACC coaches had a meeting, and they all agreed. Yeah, we're just going to wear polos or anything but suits, basically.
1: Like, we're going so, casual Friday every day.
0: Yeah, so I think this is here to stay. And, I mean, if I were a coach, I'd want to wear a suit. I think it's like as a as power I said, What are
1: your thoughts on this?
0: I, I would want to wear a suit if I were a coach.
1: Look good, coach good? Mm-hmm.
0: It's just like, you know, I'm a terrible golfer, but I dress to the nines on the course.
1: I think, I think I want to see at least like a button up shirt, you know, like yeah. if you don't want to, if you don't want to rock like the Rick Patino changing like a red suit and then a black suit and then a white suit, I, I can get behind that. But like, if you want to like Fred Hoiberg, I think was maybe the first one to normalize the, like, he had at least like a, like a long sleeve shirt. No, t- maybe Billy Donovan too. where like, they just had the button up shirt. And like, maybe the tie was kind of loose where like they weren't, it wasn't buttoned all the way to like the Adam's apple, but like they had a couple buttons loose and just, they look kind of, they're like blending the two of like a, yeah, I might I might go grab a couple of drinks at the sports bar after this, but like right now I'm coaching hoops. Perfect. You know, I don't know. I like I like either one of those looks. I feel like that's the that's the minimum. Some guys can pull that off better than others. I don't want to see guys out in their sweats. I like that during the during the non conference. Like if you're in Maui, you have to be wearing like a lay, you know, something like that. But mm-hmm. I I don't know. Leave the leave the casual stuff to like the high school coaches. John, are you looking forward to anything?
0: Uh, I'm glad you asked, Biggs. You know, I am looking forward to you know last year we had college basketball but it just wasn't the same right no fans in the stands it just didn't have that same atmosphere and college basketball and really all college athletics I'd say had has a certain atmosphere with their fans you know the fan chance and I'm gonna be I'm looking forward to having that again for example and like I was just thinking about this the other day and I don't know what the stats would be on this, but if you were to take like college basketball from you know last twenty years or forever, whatever, sure. um, what do you think would be an appropriate percentage as far as home teams winning games versus the road road teams? Like two thirds?
1: Yeah, I was gonna say probably in like the sixty to seventy percent.
0: Yeah, so I would be curious to see what it was last year and how much it dipped because I would imagine it dipped without the home court advantage.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it would. And, and oddly enough, like, I, I maybe this is kind of going to fly in my face a little bit, but I generally think some of the most enjoyable nights of college hoops are when it's when it's a team that's maybe not particularly good, that's not ranked, or maybe just not, maybe not like a lot, like a top ten caliber type team, a team that's okay to decent, even or bad anywhere that a team that's like okay to decent at best, playing against a team that's like top of the sport level good. And they're at home and they upset that team and like just the environment there, they might upset them. They might not, but just that, that environment is just absolutely rocking. Right. And if you get the win, you get the court storm. Like Mm -hmm. last year, we didn't have any of that. And, and now I know that kind of flies in my face a little bit because last year there were like so many top level teams losing anyway, that it, that maybe the home court really didn't impact things on that level, but I'm just kind of thinking like how fun, how fun is that kind of stuff? You know, I think that's the kind of thing you're talking about where the environment college yeah. hoops is just awesome. You come back in and like, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's some random team like Iowa state playing against Kansas or something and Iowa that's state cool. sucks balls and they should not be beating Kansas. And somehow they do. And now people are just, they lose their damn mind and burn Ames to the ground because they, they just beat Kansas and the biggest win yeah. ever. Um, I don't know something like that. You love seeing that kind of stuff. It's super fun, not for a Kansas fan, obviously, but um, you know, like those kind of nights are just enjoyable. To it's it's fun to watch those games kind of unfold. They're just the drama that that brings. And even if Kansas ends up sneaking out that that theoretical game, the crowd making that game just heightening the heightening the the urgency in it um, is definitely something we missed last year.
0: Yeah, and you talked about course storming. I'm actually someone who I am against course storming.
1: Oh, Just cause,
0: you know, safety issues, blah, blah blah, all that fun stuff. So then
1: you should love Court Storming because but, then you get to get up actually, on your soapbox and bitch about it.
0: No, that's actually where I was going to go with this. Is oh, okay, sorry. I, okay. I want it this year because yeah. I, I miss, I do miss it now.
1: Don't know what you got till it's gone. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. The it, devil it you, Paradise the devil you party know party is better than the one that you can't see or something like that.
1: Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a music major. <laughs> all right. Anything else you're looking forward to, Biggs? Is Gonzaga becoming the new Duke? I'll hang up and listen.
0: <laughs> What's this? What is this? I don't know what this is. Like
1: they lose big games? <laughs> no, I guess Gonzaga is not becoming the new Duke yet because they actually play road games.
0: That's true too.
1: They don't put their coach <laughs> four times up on the on the schedule poster.
0: Yeah, but then Mark Few goes out and gets a DUI, and then his <sighs> image is tainted a bit
1: yeah that hurts. that hurts. Yeah. I like that they suspended him indefinitely for three games and the first two are exhibition uh let's get, let's get into some stuff here big. so all right and but
0: let, let's start off you know there there have been some injuries that have sort of popped up during conference previous season that some we've touched on um, we talked about Namari Burnett ACL for the year for Alabama um and we talked about you know how that it's gonna affect their depth big time. They don't have a ton of guys. In their rotation, they're going to be like a six- to seven-man rotation for the most part. Um, another one we talked about last week is Adam Miller, who transferred to LSU from Illinois. Also tore his ACL. He's out for the year. And, you know, LSU is a team who, by all accounts, before this injury would have been sort of a bubble team um, um, just from the appearance. But now I'd say they're probably – it's gonna be an uphill battle just for them to get in the tournament, because because he would have been a big part of their team this year. Uh, one team we haven't talked about as far as their injuries, Ohio State's got a couple rotational guys who are injured in Kyle Young and Seth Towns, and you know Seth Towns had back surgery back in early September. From um, what I can see, he should be back about mid December, and then Kyle Young, it's unclear on when he might return. It sounds for what I was reading, it sounds like something that's stemming from concussions that he had a year ago, yeah. and there's, I can't really see anywhere where it talks about how long he's out. But if you just go based off, off of Seth Towns' one, um, you know they play Duke November thirtieth. You know he's probably not get back till mid December, mid December, and then Kentucky December eighteenth. So like, looks like that Duke game he won't be there for. Him. Uh, the Kentucky one, it's a possibility, but I guess we'll see on that one. Um, yeah, what do you think the outlook is for Ohio State with, you know, probably missing some quality time with these guys?
1: Well, I think Kyle, Kyle young's mm-hmm. definitely the, the bigger one of the two. I, I think Seth Towns, I mean, he's been injured, like, his darn near whole career. Uh, it's a shame, too, because, I mean, he was, like, a top 100 prospect who originally went to Harvard, and his freshman year, If I, I, may, I may be remembering this wrong, but – he looked like a kid who was who was going to dominate and, like, be the player of the year in that league and was going to be just a high-level guy. And he's had injury after injury after injury. And I think it's at the point now with, the, with Ohio State where anything he gives you is just a nice little bonus. I don't even think they're banking on him giving them much. Kyle Young's a different case, though. I mean, he's kind of the heart and soul of that team. He's not their most mm-hmm. talented guy. You know, he's not going to put up big numbers you're going to, you're going to watch. They're going to win a game, and you're going to get the box score. And it's like, oh, Kyle Young, eight points and six rebounds. You know, and it's not it's not particularly uh, robust when it comes to the box score. But the stuff I think he brings to them in terms of his energy, uh, he he just kind of he, he sets screens to open up guys for stuff. He does all the quote unquote little things that that add up. Um, that's not going to draw any sort of highlights. You know, it's not going to be on anybody's uh, you know TikTok video or anybody. Uh, SVP is not going to be talking about it on ESPN, but I think that's the kind of stuff that allows Ohio State to just continue to churn out more wins than you think they should get. is guys like that, so I think that one. I mean, if he's if he's out for an extended period of time, you saw what they looked like last year without him late in the year. I think they struggled in some games. I think he's a big. I think he's a big piece for them on the you know on both ends of the floor.
0: Yeah, and then another one is uh, this might be sort of one of the bigger names on this list I have for injuries. Um, Actually, the bigger, biggest name probably is A.J. Griffin. We'll talk about that one quick. Because he suffered some sort of a knee injury about a month ago. I think it was right after he released the ACC preview. But I think when it happened, I think the outlook was sort of early December to mid-December sort of return. But it sounds like, from what I was reading, he might be available for their Tuesday game against uh, Kentucky.
1: Yeah, that's that's I think what I've heard as well, and I I I don't know if he's going to be available or what, how effective he's going to be. I think it's kind of funny that uh, I don't know if "funny" is the right word, but when they when they when they talked about the injury he suffered, they said you know he had a knee injury I think in high school as well. He tears ACL or his meniscus in high school maybe, and and I think the framing coming out of coming out of Duke maybe was that no, it's it's not that knee. It's actually the other knee. So this is a good thing. It's like wait a minute.
0: I don't know if that's a good thing.
1: So now you're telling me that both of his knees have been hurt? You know, yeah. that doesn't feel like a great thing, especially for a guy who I think a lot of his reputation is tied to, like, his his explosiveness and his athleticism. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect. I guess he's a five-star, you know, high-level talent, so it's like you probably shouldn't count him out and expect expect him to be effective. But I guess now if he's not, there's there's a reason for it. I think yeah. Duke is in, in, in a situation where they've got enough guys who can – do enough you know around like I don't think I don't think if they're not very good you can be like well because AJ Griffin was hurt you know they have plenty of talent so uh, it does kind of put a damper on it because everybody gets excited about you know high-level freshmen and they want to see what some of these top-rated kids look like and so I guess we'll have to see
0: yeah Um, let's see another one and this the name I was gonna say who might be one of the better players on this list is Zach Fremantle from Xavier who had some some sort of a foot injury um I see. I saw two spots where it says out in out indefinitely, but I also see he could be back late November. So it's sort of like the Duke the Duke definition of indefinitely.
1: Yeah, it depends. If it's if it's the Duke definition of indefinitely, he might miss a couple practices or something. But right, um, my guess is since it's Xavier, they're probably honest, good people over there. So my guess is my guess is that one that one might ding him and. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about Z- I think you were higher on Xavier than I was, but I think you kind of talked me into being high on Xavier. They do have a lot of guys coming back. I think if I remember right, they might have a transfer big who kind Jack of is Nungy. a former- Jack Dungie is the yeah, a transfer big for them. And so, you know, maybe that maybe that kind of softens that blow. But I mean, Fremantle was like I mean, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, he was a first team all big east guy for both of us and, and kind of a fringe Dark horse player of the year candidate in that league. Now, this isn't saying he can't come back by Big East play, but I mean, if you're Xavier, you want to, you know, if you're Travis Steele, you're thinking, like, we need to get to the tournament here because I could be a potentially on the hot seat. Fremantle's the guy. We need him back, you know, that, and that's a, and that's a guy who, you know, can be one of the better big men in the, in the, in the country this year.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah, they also have
0: a four star outside of the top 100, uh, freshman coming in who's a center who's probably going to be relied on some. Um, But, I mean, they do have a ton of talent. I think they can weather the storm, at least for their non-conference schedule. They got Nate Johnson, They got Paul Scruggs. And then we mentioned uh, Jack Nunji as well. So, I don't think – Here's what their non-league looks like. I'm going to look that up. Yeah, do that, and I'll go. Let's see. Let's go to another one. And Folly Dante from Oregon. He's recovering. He's still so he basically he injured his ACL a year ago. Still recovering from that. For what I'm seeing should be back later this month. So it probably for them, it probably just means more minutes early on for Nate Biddle, who is their, you know, top ten freshman who's coming in.
1: Yeah, him or Frank Frank Ekpang, right? Is that yeah. one of their big guys that played over yeah. last year? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a nice little breakout. Um. Yeah, I think Oregon. Oregon. I guess if you're not going to have a guy, it's it's probably Dante. Who you know they've got mm-hmm. other depth. Up front. But he he was, he was a five star in his own respect last year. In Folly Dante was. Yeah. yeah. So he's
0: a stud big man too. So definitely a big loss for them.
1: I think so. But I but I, I think I think it's easier for them to weather that storm than like Xavier weathering a Fremantle injury. You right. know.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Because they because they have yeah. other guys who can pick up the slack. They even have a couple bigs. Who aren't going to maybe do what he can do, but mm-hmm. can give you passable production up front. Uh, looking at Xavier's non-conference, they get Ohio State pretty early. They play Ohio State oh, yeah, third do. game of the season, and uh, the so third that's probably going
0: to help out Ohio State. You know we talked we talked about their early schedule with you know missing yeah. a couple of guys. That's going to help them out a little bit.
1: Yeah, so they play Ohio State November eighteenth. They get Iowa State. They play Oklahoma State December fifth. Um, their last non-conference game. They start their conference season kind of December eighteenth, so they get basically, you know, if you want Fremantle back by conference play, you got six weeks basically. Yep. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yep. Um, another one we have Alan Flanagan from Auburn. You know, had he, he had Achilles surgery, looks like I think it was early September, and at that time it was a twelve to fourteen week recovery. So twelve weeks, three months, beginning of September, yeah. that would be October. No- early early to mid december so he's probably going to miss about the first month of the season um but i think they do have a ton of talent just around him too i think they'll probably lose a couple games because of it but i think you know i think they'll be fine
1: you said early to mid december so he'll probably miss the first month yeah yeah and then and then you got to think like what what is he going to what percent, percent is he going to be at when he does come back um, that's going to be the the curious situation, but you're right. I mean, they have they have plenty of a. They have maybe the best front court, one of the best front courts in the country. Definitely, definitely, probably, definitely, probably, probably the best front court in the SEC. I mean, you're talking Jalen Williams, Jabari Smith, and Walker Kessler as your kind of three man tandem up front. So they're going to rely mm-hmm. on that group a lot. And then your your backcourt is still. I mean, you've got good pieces in. And Wendell Green, Zeb Jasper, her t- a couple of tra- and and Katie Johnson. So your three guard transfers that you talked about last week, all coming in. Plus, I thought they had a I thought they had another guard too. Devin Game maybe Devin uh, Cambridge Cambridge, Cambridge yeah. yeah. So you've got four guys there who can all kind of you know potentially get you minutes in the backcourt or kind of on the wings. So <laughs> it, it hits it hits your depth right. And and, and Flanagan was going to be maybe the guy. Mm-hmm. So you know, I guess uh, absence creates opportunity.
0: Yeah. And I just pulled up a schedule quick. Definitely the toughest game in their first month is Yukon. That's uh late November. They also, Ooh. let's see, if it does go a little longer than we think um, December 18th, they've got sort of a mid-major opponent in St. Louis, who's probably their other sort of, you know, almost under the radar type of game. So outside of that, i mean they got south florida they got ucf yale moorhead state that's really all they have so i think they can weather the storm there
1: i'm curious if that yukon game is part of some sort of a that must be part. i wonder if that's part of some sort is it part of a tournament yeah they do have a gap of
0: november 24th through december 1st so it has to be
1: yeah i'm wondering if that one if they're in if they're in some sort of good tournament which would be a lot of fun either way
0: for sure i love tournaments i love brackets me too um let's see brian antoine and we've talked about his injury past he suffered another one uh yeah. patella patella tendon out four to six weeks from it was beginning of october so about a month ago so i mean he's probably inching closer to returning so he won't miss a ton of time um that's good news for villanova for sure yeah um you got Bubba parham from georgia tech torn meniscus um Bubba. Has- Depends on severity. You love that name.
1: Oh, our guy, Bubba.
0: Um, PJ Horn from Georgia, out for the year, knee injury. And then Huge. another one I saw, Mason Gillis from Purdue got arrested and suspended. I didn't see how long. But apparently suspicion of operating a vehicle while intoxicated, which we are a anti-driving while drunk or under the influence of anything podcast.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here for that. Um, I'm not here for breaking the law in general. Just non-compliance. Just follow the rules. You know, I exactly. mean, exactly. It's not that hard. I don't think. You it's know, it's almost um, like
0: it's almost like if a kid was in class and just acting out, and then he got kicked out of class.
1: Yeah, it's true. I would know a lot about that because I've started doing that in class, and I tell you what, it's a, it's, it feels amazing. Um, I can only imagine arresting people probably feels the same way. Although arresting people should just driving, have handcuffs. It, You should have handcuffs. and I probably should. Well, I mean, I do have some, but I don't use them in class. So, (laughs)
2: um,
1: you know, but. Go on. Yeah, we're definitely an anti-drunk driving podcast, though. We don't endorse that kind of behavior. I just want anyone to know if they're thinking about how mad they are, just know that we're madder about it. That's that's all. That's that's the most important thing is that everyone knows we are the most mad about it. you know, I'm, I'm borderline ready to cancel Mason Gillis. There you go. So,
0: um, okay, oh. Biggs. We're going to get into what I've been waiting to get into for months. And, you know, another – you know, we start off the show with what we're looking forward to. One that I did – I thought of before, but I forgot to say it is I'm looking forward to how this podcast is just going to flow throughout the season. Because if you remember, we started like beginning of March. Yeah, um, and we we're able, you know, we we're able to do some conference pre or not conference preview, some uh, game previews, some game recaps during the tournament, but we just didn't have the volume of games that we're going to have all season to talk about. It's gonna be great, and yeah, it's gonna be amazing. So, as far as what the show is gonna be, we really have a blank canvas. We can talk about whatever the hell we want.
1: Doesn't it feel? Nice? But we can. But we also have plenty to talk about. Like it's kind of an a la carte menu. It's like a blank canvas, but just full of options.
0: As much as I hate to say it, we could probably fill up five hours per show if we wanted to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. But anyways, with that being said, let's get into some game previews. Let's do it. And we're going to start off with the Champions Classic Bigs. And that tips off Tuesday. I think the games start at 6 and then like the whole 20 to 30 minutes after the first game. So we'll
1: say 6 and 8.30. And Champions and Classic. You in or out on that? Do we need to start changing the teams? Why do they call it the Champions? Who won the last championship out of this group? Uh, I mean, we, if the championship is who has the deals? most NDA players, I guess it's either Kentucky or Duke. So that's exciting. Yeah. Michigan State had Amani Bates committed for a little while. So that's cool.
0: <laughs> I think Duke would have been the last one in 15. 2015. Kentucky, yeah. They're not champions in there. Michigan state has it won for 20 years.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. Good job guys. Yeah. Can we get maybe a champion up in here. Yeah. I would love that,
0: but it starts off six. I think the first game is Duke, Kentucky. So we'll talk about that one first. And there's going to be a lot of storylines here. Bigs. The first one is just all the freshman talent that we're going to be seeing for the first time. You know, for Duke, we have Paulo Boncaro. We've been saying Boncaro, but I've been hearing other people saying Boncaro. What do you think about that? I'm not doing that. I
1: like Boncaro better. Uh, uh, We'll do a little on air meeting, actually. But the first one, the first game actually is Kansas Michigan State. Is it? Damn it. Yep. Here's, here's, I guess, the way to think about it. Here's a question that maybe someone should ask Has Duke ever played that first game? Probably not. Probably not.
0: Everyone thinks that everyone wants to see Duke, but no one wants to. So they put everyone in,
1: wants to see Duke lose. Yeah, which I guess good on them. They don't usually do it very often. Boy, I'd love to see him lose though. I would. Love to yeah, watch. I'm going with Banchero just because I don't like saying Bancaro. That sounds stupid. It sounds
0: there's a C and an H, and you're an English guy, and so you, I'm just gonna go with whatever you say.
1: Yeah, and I know the English language is very inconsistent. Doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes. We kind of make up our own rules uh newsflash all words are made upwards but i'm going with banchero
0: yeah and so yeah like i said he's one of the freshmen we will be seeing for the first time duke also has possibly aj griffin as well as uh okay trevor keels and then if flip over to the kentucky side you know they i think the main one that they're going to be playing a ton of minutes will be ty ty washington and then you know both teams just have a ton of new faces kentucky sort of you know went all in with the transfer portal. They've got Killen Grady. They've got um, CJ Frederick from Iowa. So it's going to be a lot of moving pieces, Just and it's going to be fun to see how these pieces mesh for the first time.
1: I agree. I, I'm really intrigued. I mean, I mean, obviously, anytime you get probably the two biggest brands in the sport going head-to-head, the, the quality probably isn't going to be very good. I think the quicker you get over that the game itself will probably not be very good, the better – frame of mind you'll be in. The game will probably not be very good because both these teams are integrating basically entirely new rosters starting from scratch. It'll be like AAU basketball at the beginning of the season when nobody's ever practiced with each other. You know, a lot of these guys will be unfamiliar with each other, but both teams are finally – they're going to be unfamiliar with each other and old. You know, Duke's got experienced guys now back, right, with – with uh is, is Roach still on the team. Is it Jeremy Roach?
0: Yeah, he I, I figure he'll slide into that point guard spot. Like like Duke actually has a couple of talented sophomores, you know, Jeremy Roach, we talked about um Mark Williams before. They also have Wendell Moore coming back who's a junior. So they have they actually have
1: some good experience this year, which is sort of not typical for Duke. They do, and, and I tell you what, the public coronation of uh, your guy Paulo Banchero has already kind of happened. Like people are expecting basically anything less than like Anything less than like player of the year caliber, and this guy's going to be a disappointment. Like the level of hype that he has already gotten, yeah. I have never seen him play. I mean, I've heard he's, I've heard he's good. It, it just feels like in the last few months, though, like the hype train on him is just getting out of control. So I, I guess I'm kind of expecting to see basically like a, a more chiseled Zion. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, Kentucky though. I mean, the last time Duke played Kentucky, it was that Zion year, and Duke mopped the floor with them. Yep. Um, everybody kind of thought. I'm pretty sure the the column that came out of that the next night was, will Duke go undefeated? Uh, and if the oh. question was, will they go undefeated in their next four games and then lose to Gonzaga, the answer was yes. Uh, they did not go undefeated. They, they also didn't make the, the, final the final four on board. that team. <laughs> you know, uh, but, boy, did they have a lot of first-round draft picks on the team, so that's exciting. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I'm really – I've told you many times, I'm very excited to see what this Kentucky team looks like just because it's the most unique. It's so old. All these guys can drink. Yep. You know, minus Ty-Ty Washington, but like everybody else can drink. They're all yeah. juniors and seniors, yeah. so I'm really fascinated to see what that looks like. The first game's not going to be any good, but yeah. I, I am intrigued to see uh, here, here the matchup that I'm sneaking excited about is uh, is that front court matchup. I think Mark Williams is one of the breakout guys everybody's talking about up front for Duke, and who's the big uh, She-boy, Sheboy Oscar Sheboy for Kentucky. You know, uh, uh, for yeah, for Kentucky, started out at West Virginia and was awesome. wasn't as good. Though. I don't think people talk about this very much. He was kind of shitty last year for West Virginia before he left. Mm-hmm. Which Oscar Sheboy we getting? You know, is yeah. he is he going to be a beast? Because if he I is, I think so. Kentucky's going to be really really tough.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna I can't pass up the segue you gave me a bit ago. But you're, you're talking about people like Kentucky players can drink. Um, speaking of drinking, Jalen Wilson is out he's suspended for a DUI and he will not be able to play against Michigan state on Tuesday.
1: Yeah. Uh, everything I said earlier about Mason Gillis, how we're anti DUI. Yep. We're, we're against DUIs. I think, uh, I think guys who drive drunk deserve to get DUIs. They get, deserve to get in trouble. Um, you know, uh, however mad anybody else is, I madder about it. Um, big loss for Kansas. Yeah.
0: And I think, I think I saw it was like two or three games for them. And I've got no idea who they play after Michigan state, but you know, I think, I think Kansas is still the favored team in this matchup. Yeah. Like we talked about Michigan State; they've got they're going to rely a lot on freshman Max Christie. They've and like their big men you talked about have just been disappointing their entire career. You talked about Marcus Bingham for sure. Um, so lots of disappointment, and I I don't even think they're ranked yet. Are they?
1: They're not ranked, which how often does that happen?
0: Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Like, even in their worst year, it's like there's like five, six teams in the country, Michigan State, North Carolina, Duke, all these teams. No matter how low expectations for them are, it's like the ranking always wants to punch, bump them up, the preseason ranking, that is.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I tend to think Michigan State – I would have said like two weeks ago, I probably would have said – I don't think Michigan State's going to be very good, and it's always in relative to what their expectations are. If you're talking an unranked Michigan State, they're going to be a top-four team in the Big Ten now. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to overachieve and be solid. Tyson Walker and uh, Max Christie in the backcourt, those two guys. Tyson Walker's the Northeastern transfer. Uh, Those two guys in the backcourt I'm intrigued by. I'm I'm, I'm very curious to see if that is um, a productive pairing. Um, And then I I am intrigued to see if guys like Gabe Brown – uh, is a wing who can maybe he can break out. Joey Hauser, you know, on the on the at that kind of that four spot, can he be? Can he kind of enjoy a breakout season? Uh, you're right, though. I don't think the size is very, uh, you know, exciting, very robust. But I, I'm also curious to see what this Kansas team looks like. Obviously, they're integrating a couple of new pieces along with some of the pieces they had last year. And we talked about the guys. You, you add up the points that they averaged last year, and they average 125 with with their transfers plus the returners. Can their offense be a little more um, free-flowing and explosive? You know, the last few Kansas teams that we've seen over the last couple of years, their defenses have been outstanding, but they get stuck in the mud offensively. Can this team blend that offense? Can, can they can they sacrifice a little defense to get the offense going a little more?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, let's see, you have anything more on the Champions Classic,
0: or should we get into some of these other games that are coming up?
1: Um, here's, here's, here's the question. Which, which freshman is going to take over the champions classic and become the guy that everybody is like, this guy's amazing. This guy will be the number one pick. He's a star. Now you'll hear Dickie V just like circle jerking over somebody, some random freshman. He'll be like,
2: that boy's a star. He's a star, baby. Oh, that dapper Dandy. He's a star.
1: But two, couple years ago, it was, uh. Zion. Who's the kid who just played at? Who? Uh, well, yeah, Zion. But who's the kid who played at Houston? Who started out at Kansas? Uh, Quentin Grimes. Quentin Grimes. A couple years ago, lit it up, and then was never good again. Uh, Then the next year, I think it was Tyrese Maxey, who had like twenty five, knocked down a couple threes, and then he was like, eh, the rest of his year. And then he was a late first round draft pick, not exactly a star there, Dickie V. You know, every every year, there's like there's like this freshman that just absolutely lights it up that night, and some of them go on and have good years. A lot of the times, though, it's uh, who, who's who's going to get overreacted to after Tuesday. Uh, I
0: mean, it'll, it'll be Bonchero. It's yeah, it'll be Bonchero. And it's interesting you bring that up because I was actually listening to Ion College basketball right before this, and they're talking about how like it sort of happened with Zion, where Zion that year was not their Duke's top recruit. Um, in fact, he's like sixth or seventh in the nation. Um, for the recruiting rankings and RJ Barrett was number one. Cam Reddish was another guy who they had, who was sort of like on the same level as him. And then right away he just shows out and then became the star that we sort of know today. Now he's you know injured all the time. So we don't really get to see him all that much. And fat. Yeah. And so, but anyways, um, I'd say
1: it'll be bon- Bonchero because I mean, he's a dookie. Yeah, he's a dookie. It's gonna take like a supernova effort from a non dookie to steal yeah. to steal that um, night. A wild card, I'd say Ty Ty washington. Uh, you read my mind. I was gonna yep. say maybe Ty Ty Washington has a big night for Kentucky. Uh, you know, he's he's the one he's the one diaper dandy on this team full of grown ups, baby. Oh boy, they're all looking to him now. That boy a star, baby. You can see that. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Dickie V's sick though, so actually he's not gonna be doing the game. I That's saw nuts. that. He's yeah, not. Now I feel I bad. Oops.
0: I know. I mean, you're just, I'm not he gonna say it. Me. Was about, no, I'm not gonna say it. Um, Alabama versus LA La Tech. Louisiana Tech. I don't know why I said LA Tech. Actually, I thought you were gonna, gonna say point. LA
1: Fitness. I was like, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, they're just playing pickup games at the LA Fitness. <laughs> but those can get heated. <laughs> I, I'm sure they do. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how Bama does with their depth issues. And Louisiana Tech does have some pieces to where they could pull off the upset. Um, Kenneth Lofton for them. He's, we've talked about him before. He's just beast. He's the uh, ultimate chonky guy and very talented. He's definitely under the radar recruit, but he, he's a fun guy to watch. You
1: know, as anti-DUI drunk driving kind of stuff, I'm I'm very against that. I am equally as pro Land Warrior big guys. I love it. I love like a 6'8", 260-pound big man with credit card hops who just dominates using positioning and like drop steps, baby hooks, pump fakes, you know, playing big. You know, yeah. I love it.
0: And, you know, if you haven't seen Kenneth often, just think Bonzi Coulson from Notre Dame. Same exact build.
1: Yeah, he's a load. He was the best player on that on that u you whatever that U19 team or whatever it was here that played with like, I mean, he played with like Chet Holmgren. uh, He played with Jaden Ivy, all of these top level, you know, freshmen slash high school kind of seniors on like that U19 team over the summer. He was by all accounts, the best player on that team. Yep. So bring it on. Yeah.
0: Now another game, I I'm definitely going to watch this game because I'm going to make it a point this year to watch some more mid-major games, mid to low-major games. Let's go. And the first one, and, like, I want to call this team an under-the-radar team, but they're actually ranked to start the season, and that's the Bonnies from St. Bonaventure. Ranked 23rd to start the year. Now, they play Siena. I don't think this is going to be a particularly close matchup, but, you know, St. Bonaventure is a senior-laden team. Um, All five players... Or all five starters returning from a year ago. All five are seniors, and so they're just a fun team to watch. You know, you talked, you know, we talked about Lofton for you know Louisiana Tech. Um, Saint Bonaventure has Kyle Lofton. Um, they have Osuna Sunier, so they're just going to be a fun team to watch,
1: and I'm looking forward to that game. I am too. Occasionally, I mean, the A10, the A10 is not one of your Power Six leagues or whatever, but in general, it is. It is a really good. I, I have a hard time even calling it a mid-major league, but I think it is probably – it's like a three-quarter major league. But it's like yeah. – it's generally very good. And, like, there's usually three, four tournament quality teams. There's usually some very good teams. And, and, okay, I mean, you just saw it a few years ago with Dayton. That was, like, one of the top five teams in the country. Uh, we've seen teams with – like, VCU has had teams that are, like, up there among the best in the country. Uh, I mean, that, that league can produce, like, high-level competition – like, high-level teams – that are like nationally relevant. I don't know if St. Bonaventure is quite on that kind of level, just because I don't know if they've got like the individual, like mega star, like, like what Obi Toppin kind of was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I am intrigued to see what, if the St. Bonaventure team can be, can they just continue kind of ascending? I got a mid major matchup for you that I don't know if either of us have been to watch because it's kind of on like an ESPN plus kind of channel, but it's, I've been thinking of
0: getting that. I've been thinking, I, I, I heard it's like five bucks a month.
1: I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, just
0: for, just for the college basketball season.
1: That would definitely be worth it. But uh, here's the matchup I got. I believe it is on Tuesday night, so nobody will probably watch it. It might be on Wednesday. I don't remember what night it's on, but it's one that intrigues me. It's one of my favorite mid-major teams, and it's Belmont taking on Ohio. I know Ohio. You Ooh. are you know. I know Ohio doesn't have Jason Preston. You know the guy who everybody fell in love with last yep. year kind of a mid-major darling. Yeah. Um, but from from what I've heard, the Ohio is going to be legit. I think they bring back pretty much everybody else from that team. They've got good depth. They're going to be a contender in the MAC, and uh, and I love Belmont. So that's a team that I'm going to be kind of tracking all year. That could be kind of a mid major matchup that would be intriguing just to kind of just to kind of see how that one goes. Setting the tone for both those teams, who we expect to be good.
0: Yeah, no, for Belmont, they have uh, who's their big guy, Mizinski. Yep, um, Moose is a great player, and then I know they have uh, who's the other Grayson Murphy. I think is their point yep. guard, who is also a very good player. So yeah, they're definitely a team to watch out for. And you said that's Tuesday night. I think so. Yeah, we'll definitely be watching that. And uh, there's so many damn games on Tuesday. I don't know how I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna. I need multiple screens for Tuesday night.
1: Yeah, you're gonna need one of those. Like, have you ever you saw The Dark Knight right with the Joker? Yeah, totally. You saw at the end, like Batman had that like contraption where it's like. 50 screens that are just tracking everybody in Gotham's cell phone. Right. Remember that whole deal, and he has oh, he has Morgan cool. Freeman come in and kind of work the deal so he can find the Joker. You need that setup, but it's basically all screens. Like basically, what you need to do is go to Vegas and go See, into one of the sports books and watch rooms. all the so, TVs yeah.
0: there. I would do that.
1: Yeah. But <laughs> don't tell me with a good time.
0: Yeah. Um, another game I'm sort of looking forward to, Biggs, is Purdue versus Bellarmine, and I'll be honest. I don't know a ton about Bellarmine, um, but they are in the ASUN. They are Division One for just their second season right now, so they are sort of new to the scene. They went 14, 14 and eight a year ago, you know, the first year in D one. But you know, we're recording this November fifth. Between now and November twenty second, they will have games against Purdue, Gonzaga, and UCLA. And so this is not a team that is lacking confidence in their abilities. They are scheduling with the best of them.
1: That's murderer's row. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're probably cashing checks on that. How much do you think they're getting paid with those three games?
0: Yeah, that, it has to be a lot. And I can only assume, ooh, that, I don't, this is probably a neutral site game, but the UCLA one, it doesn't say at UCLA. It just says versus UCLA. So I don't know if they got them to come to Bellarmine. I have no idea
1: where that is. I don't either. Bellarmine, fun to fun to say. Bellarmine, they're in the A-Sun, so I'm assuming they're somewhere down in like Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Kentucky. Somewhere down in that somewhere down in that region. Kentucky, there it is. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, I, got, I got one. I got one that uh,
0: I'm intrigued by on Wednesday night. It's on TV. I, I, I might. I might know which one. I'm gonna let you
1: say it, but I might know which one it is. Okay. It is. What happened to my computer? It's Michigan uh, against Buffalo. Your guy, Jeanathan Williams, taking that's on Michigan. The one,
0: that's the one I was thinking. Let's go. Yes. Look at us.
1: Talk about it. All right. Uh, Michigan, ranked number six in the country. So, you know, huge expectations. Uh, I think Buffalo is one of those mid-major teams, though, that's going to be frisky. Especially mm-hmm. early in the year, they bring back a ton of guys. You've got a guy in Jeanathan Williams who, talk about all-name, maybe the captain of the all-name team for us. You know they've got they've got some talented returners.
0: How do you come up with that name? Like, did the parents expect a girl, so they're like, Genie or something, and then they they just didn't want to give that up, so they just went with they, like instead of Jonathan, they went Jenathan.
1: Jenathan. What? Well, here's here's. I mean, that's talk about a bet. I mean, if your name is Jonathan, you better be fucking good at something, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just names. we like Zion. If your name is Zion, you better be good. Like. If you're Zion and you just turn into, like, I don't know, an English teacher or something, you're wasting that name. Basically, just the the bottom-of-the-earth type of profession. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about it. (laughs) Get to to hang out with a bunch of stinky 15- and 16-year-olds and kick them out of class when they make fart sounds. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, I mean, Jonathan Williams, talk about a bet. Like, all right, this kid's going to be something. He's going to be the star for the Buffalo Bulls. And, I mean, he's not the only guy that's coming back for them. I, I believe they've got... Uh, Josh Mabala, who's a, a returning kind of swingman who was a double-double guy last year. He was from Bordeaux, France, which is also where, do you remember, who was the kid for Gonzaga last year who started? Ayayi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's from there as well. So I'm guessing they're friends because they're from the same country.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. It's just like how twins do this everything the same.
1: Yep. Uh, and they bring back another double-figure scorer in, uh, I believe it's Ronaldo Sagu. Oh, average yes. like 13 a game, multi multi year starting kind of point guard, um, so they've got they've got some pieces for Buffalo. I think that team's going to be legit. I mean, I expect Michigan to to probably take care of business, but but I actually think Buffalo is going to be frisky.
0: I I could see an upset there. Let's go. But, you know, Michigan's got a lot of young talent coming in. Who I, they got guys returning too, but they're going to be there's going to be some uh, what's the word growing pains with this team. I think
1: I could see that. That's a that's a that's a spot where you get got early in the year. Exactly. You know the old adage, like when you when you play against these really good teams, it's like you want to play them early.
0: Exactly. They're not right? as before good they,
1: before they kind of figure it all out. Exactly. So yeah, I
0: could definitely see that being sort of an upset um, candidate. I have one more game on sort of my games to look out for, and that is Auburn against Morehead State. We already Ooh. talked about Auburn, who you know they don't have. Um, Cam- or not Cambridge, uh Flanagan, um, uh, for their first two games. And Moorhead State is a tourney team from a year ago and they got some returning talents. Um, Johnny Broom is a guy who averaged double figures, and then Skylar Potter and Talon Cooper are a couple of other talented guys. They basically return their one I think it's like one two and four or one three and four top returning scorers are back. Um, so they're a team that you know Auburn should also be on upset alert, I would say.
1: I would say, to it, I mean, it's a team that's integrating a lot of young pe- – or a lot of not young pieces, but new pieces. Um, you know, That's that's one of the things that I guess if we were to expand on our looking forward to kind of things this year, kind of storylines, it's it's the teams without it, – it's how 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 good are the teams with no continuity to start the year? How long does it take? I mean, we, we talk about all offseason, we talked about the amount of just free agency and turnover and transfers, freshmen, all this stuff. These teams are just – we've never seen this much – Um, You know, turnover from roster to roster, these teams having no continuity, it's going to be really interesting comparing the teams that, you know, have a decent amount of returning players. So, you know, Auburn is a team with a lot of talented pieces. How quickly can those pieces all fit together? Because basketball is not – it's not NBA Live, right? It's not NBA 2K where you can just put a guy who ranks an 82 and then a 77 and an 87 and an 89 and a 90 all together and make a good team. You know, these guys have to – they're living, breathing people. Yeah, most of the time. Sometimes, minus Coach K. Exactly. Uh, how about this one, John? I got this one. This one is, I believe, a Thursday matchup.
0: Thursday.
1: Uh, it's SMU at Oregon. That might be a actually that might Ooh. be a Friday matchup, the Friday kind of JV game before like the big Friday varsity matchup that I think we can talk about here shortly. But um, it's SMU, a team that I'm intrigued by out of the American. I think they could potentially be. I think the third best team in the league behind Memphis. Can you stay and- up
0: late enough for that, Biggs? That starts at ten o'clock.
1: That one starts at ten. Ten o'clock Central Time. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to sneak in a quick nap that Friday afternoon after school. Yeah, that's gonna be tough. And
0: oh, I didn't even notice this one until just now. I'm scrolling down. Ten thirty. What is up with these late start? Or like, that is West Coast also. Ten thirty p.m. Central Time. Villanova
1: UCLA. That's the matchup I want to talk. That's the varsity game, right? Yeah. I mean, we're talking oh, we talked talk JV and then uh, you want to talk varsity though. Boy, sign me up. Yeah, and then, you know, let's uh let's use this
0: opportunity cuz I've got sort of like you know, my list of topics here and one of mine is random stuff. And have you seen that people are sort of souring on UCLA and trying to write off their tournament run from a year ago and that saying that they shouldn't be ranked as high as they
1: are? You know, I can't tell if you're being serious or are you doing kind of one of those straw man things where you saw someone on Twitter do this because if someone that's a pro podcast
0: move, someone is putting looking at basically looking at shooting stats from their tournament run a year ago, and I mean there's probably something to it where you know teams did not shoot that well against them, and in fact very badly, very badly from three point line and from free throws. Now the three point line defense was top notch. Yeah, I was going to say that. We, we, I can't um, apply that to what I'm about to say or to the free throws, but the three-point shooting def- defense, like maybe they're just a good defensive team.
1: That could be. That could be. Um, I, I am intrigued. I, I do think, I mean, the the Alabama game is one that sticks out in my mind where Bama shot like nine of 20 or something from the free throw line. It was, it was absurd. Um, that happens though, right? That happens to college teams. Yeah. Now, you know, on one, I'm conflicted on this because I know you talk about uh, there are people. I think uh, Parish and Norlander on I, am, I am college basketball talk about this a lot, and Parish always brings up well the people that he, he comes up with the strawman argument just like you do. The people that would would denounce UCLA say, had they lost in that game against Michigan State, you know, had they not done what they actually did, they wouldn't be ranked as high. Well, of course they wouldn't, but they actually did do what they did, so they deserve to be ranked high. And then they did it, what, four more times? I think they would have won five games that tournament. Right. Um, on the other hand, then, why don't we rank teams that, you know, why why don't we rank – every year some team does that. Yep. Right? Why aren't we ranking – there are teams that make Cinderella runs all the time that don't start the next year ranked in the top five.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why didn't we rank VCU or why didn't why didn't Butler get ranked in the top five then the next year after going to the championship game, you know, 10 years ago? Yeah, because it's it's Butler and not UCLA, um, so I don't I think V I think UCLA is probably a little overrated. As always, there's the truth is probably somewhere in the middle, which is super boring. Uh, we've we've talked about UCLA. I wouldn't be surprised if they are the team that kind of disappoints. You it look up be. halfway through the season and they're ranked maybe 15th. What do you define disappointing two. as? I would say I would say if you're talking regular season, because I mean tournament runs, it's always just kind of. It's finicky, right? Yep. I mean, you could lose in the second round, and if it doesn't necessarily
0: team, mean you had an awful year,
1: right? I could see a disappointing season for me. I think is where they're like third, fourth in the Pac-12, and they're getting upset by teams like they they aren't they're they're like good, not great. I mean, I think if you're ranked number two, people expect it to be great, and I, I think if they're consistently in like the fifteen to twenty-five range, I think they'd be disappointing, and mm-hmm. that wouldn't surprise me if they are because. Yeah. They did lose five games before the tournament started. They were an average team over the course of the year last year. They got hot. Yep. So I guess we'll see. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I could. I, I think two is a bit high. If if like, do you think if they're ranked fifth, let's just say fifth, do you think there would be this outrage? No. Okay. So I think that'd be a more appropriate one. To be honest, I wish they. I wish all. Sports, college basketball or football would get rid of preseason rankings. I don't like them. Give There's them something to talk about though. Yeah, that's true. Give give me two to four weeks of teams playing, and then then
1: let's go with some rankings. Let's see how they play. I mean, here's the thing. I mean, they're going to play Villanova the first week of the season. We're going to find out if UCLA is good. We are. And you know what uh, I mean? I mean they they are not. They're not. They're not going to be able to hide. I mean, they play Villanova right away. They play Gonzaga a week and a half later. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play. They play North Carolina early or in mid December, and and then obviously the the conference schedule that they play is it, it's actually not they have a pretty soft start in terms of in terms of uh, they play Bellarmine too your your Bellarmine squad um, they they have a pretty soft start to their Pac twelve slate they should be able to rack up some wins yeah uh, I guess the the Villanova and Gonzaga games will be will be pretty telling.
0: Um, Let's see. I'm just going to scroll through here and see some other games. Another one I see from Friday night is Alabama against South Dakota State. You know, Alabama is, you know, one of the top teams in the SEC. And South Dakota State is probably the favorite in the summit um, starting off. They have a lot of returning talent. So that's definitely a game to look
1: out for. Um, That South Dakota State team was frisky last year. I'm pretty sure they almost knocked off West Virginia, maybe in like an early season non-conference thing last year so and i think they, they got
0: ups i think they actually got i think it was like 8-1 upset in the summit tournament
1: yeah i, I think I, they did you're right but uh they've had good teams so i wouldn't be shocked if uh, if they're right there how about this one i don't know if this one's gonna be on tv but it but it should be man it'd be nice if you could find this one friday mm-hmm. night 8 p.m here maybe is the true jv game before those two big matchups smu oregon villanova ucla it's san diego state at byu Sort
0: of a Pac-12 matchup there.
1: Yeah, a couple teams we like. Yeah.
0: Since when did Pac-12 start scheduling conference games right away?
1: I was going to say, really? Mid-November for a Pac-12 matchup? I don't know. That's Hmm. weird. It is weird.
0: (laughs) Another one I'm seeing. Saturday, 9.30 p.m., Gonzaga versus Texas.
1: That's Saturday already? Yeah. Wow.
0: Yes. There's just so much going on, Biggs, and I love it.
1: Gonzaga versus Texas, 930. Wow. Yeah. That's probably the, that's, boy, you're talking, I mean, man. We have two top five
0: matchups in the first week.
1: The Champions Classic on that Tuesday, but then, I mean, those Friday, Saturday, that Villanova, UCLA, and Gonzaga, Texas, I mean, those are, Mm -hmm. those are some heavy hitters. I am very excited. Which game are you most excited for? You got to pick one. That doesn't include North Carolina because they Uh... play Brown. Yeah, North Carolina Brown Brown.
0: on Friday. Brown is, you know, they've been itching to break out and uh, come in with a splash.
1: Yep. Yep. That sounds right. Lots of itching. What one am I?
0: Oh, my God. You're really putting (laughs) me on the spot. Is it lame if I just go with Gonzaga, Texas?
1: No, I just got the Brown joke, though. I really like that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to slide out, though, you know. Yes. Or maybe explode out of the come, gates.
0: Come in for a splash landing, yes.
1: They could be really explosive.
0: <laughs> Very sloppy. Or maybe too. we
1: can constipate their offense. Let's move <laughs> really on. Get them, really get them bound up, you know? Oh, bigs. Any other games you want to talk about? That Gonzaga-Texas game I think will be super intriguing. I mean, Gonzaga ranked number one. I don't think Gonzaga is... I mean, they're ranked number. Someone's got to be ranked number one. You know, I know you don't like the preseason rankings. Someone, if we do them though, someone's got to be ranked number one, and I think Gonzaga probably is safe to be. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't think this Gonzaga team is is as good on paper as last year's. Yeah. You know, um, could they get beat?
0: We'll, well see. They, and like the thing is, I could see them being better than last year, also depending on how good Holmgren is.
1: Yeah can he can he make them maybe uh We've, I don't think I've ever – Gonzaga's been a good team for, for a long time, right? I mean, for the last probably 15, 20 years, they've, been, they've always had good teams. Have they ever had like a team, though, where you're like, Gonzaga, dominant defense? No. No, every year Wish. they're kind of always like a – man, their offense is just fun to watch. They've got guys who can shoot, they pass, and they cut, and they play this beautiful style. I don't know, maybe – they'll probably have a pretty damn good offense – but I guess I'm, I'm intrigued most, I really do think, if Holmgren is going to be the impactful kind of next-level piece that puts them into, like, we can win the title finally, it's because he has that kind of Anthony Davis impact at Kentucky where he, he doesn't take a ton of shots. He might he gets you probably 14. Maybe, maybe he does do that offensively, but I don't think – I think his defensive impact will outweigh his offensive impact. Mm-hmm. Um, I am intrigued to see how he handles playing against – college-sized people
0: yeah and then i know i heard i was this could be the third time we reference ion college basketball today we should really start charging them for advertising Mm -hmm. um but they're talking about you know all these guys from texas and we're i think we're both pretty high on texas but you know especially with all the transfer they have coming in but a lot of their transfers have not won at their past stop and so they sort of made a good point with that are we too high on texas um, You know, you, t- you think about, like, Dylan DeSue from Vanderbilt. You think of um, Christian Carr. Bishop. He, he definitely won at Crane. Um, Yeah, Marcus Carr from Minnesota. Indiana. Yeah. So Trey what do you Mitchell. think
1: about that? Yeah. All these guys. I mean, I think Ty, I mean Titus and Tate had the same kind of thing. Mark, Mark Titus was talking about. Marcus Carr's put up these robust numbers, but he's gotten multiple coaches fired. They're yep. not gotten. I mean, that's these guys are starting to get paid, so we can start calling them on this kind of stuff. <laughs> he's, you know, all these guys are going to have to take they're going to have to sacrifice in a huge way, and I know. I mean, you see, Rothstein tweeting about he was around Texas maybe the last few days earlier in the week, and he's saying sacrifice is the word that's getting thrown around a ton. Well, it's easy to sacrifice when you haven't started yet, and you haven't no. lost a game yet, and you haven't been the guy that gets passed over because someone else wants to take a shot yet. Uh, really easy to say sacrifice before you actually have to sacrifice stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm really int- that's the thing that I think I'm most intrigued with. Kind of Memphis is in that same kind of boat where. Yeah,
0: like they have I'm, they
1: got I'm two really in,
0: freshmen who have reclassed. Right. And, they, and a just, whole
1: bunch of other dudes who want to play professional basketball at some point and show what they can do. Mm-hmm. Are all these guys okay sacrificing? You know, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be so, interesting to see. It's one of sort of the under-the-radar storylines is, you know, are we too high on some of these teams?
1: Yeah, because I do think, I mean, the group think, oh, I mean, that happens every year. There's, there's multiple teams that get rated super high, and there's a ton of hype. And and it just completely falls flat on its face. You could literally make a you could make a case for every single team, probably. I don't think there's a team that's like foolproof that it's like, nope, there's just no way this team doesn't at least kind of struggle. No, there's levels to that, obviously, right? I mean, Gonzaga will be a tournament team, barring mm-hmm. like their entire team getting hurt or something. Yeah, I, I think Texas is probably in that boat too, but yeah, if it, if it doesn't work, I think that's the reason is because they have too many guys that don't want to sacrifice, and you see two guys transfer out at the halfway point of the year because they're pissed that they're not playing enough. Um, a couple of those Texas guards that Ramy and Jones last year. I mean, you saw it last year times where these guys are kind of they're out for them and they they're not afraid to kind of get confrontational. How does that mesh with a bunch yeah. of other new people? Yeah. That'll be interesting.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, Biggs, I've got some, uh, you know, so just some sort of random topics that I've got written down here that I think we should talk about. Now, let's see. The first one. I think we can talk about the Coffee Cockburn um, suspension. I'm sure you saw this. Who the situation is basically in June, he sold some gear, like some Illinois, basic, some Illinois gear, some merchandise. We'll call it this was after he had already declared for the NBA draft. And then you remember sort of the almost circus act where he ended up, to, you know, coming back. He was like, okay, is he, he enters the transfer portal, but then he ultimately comes back to Illinois. Um, so he sold Illinois gear in June after he had already declared for the draft, made some money off of that. And then in July, I believe it actually was July one, the NIL rules went into effect and basically, if these rules had been in effect when he sold the gear, there would be no issue here. But because he sold it in June, he's suspended for I think it's three games. I think it is. Um, what do you think about this?
1: <clears throat> well, <coughs> here here's my thought: If you're dating a girl, let's say you you sleep with a different chick, you date you you cheat on the girl you're dating. Uh, you're dating this girl uh, and you cheat on her uh, with a different chick. You continue dating the same chick for another three months. Then you break up with her and start dating the chick that you slept on, that you, that you cheated on her with. Following me? Yes. Is that okay? Does that make you a good person? I mean, is that okay? We jumped the gun. I mean, you, you you did the thing that you're now allowed to do, which is sleep with the girl that you're currently dating, but you did it before you were allowed to. In that situation, no. No, it's not. It maybe not the perfect kind of. It's not one for one, but going to
0: her afterwards is fine. But sleeping with her while you're still dating your like the first girl
1: is not okay. Yeah, it kind of makes you a scumbag, right? Yeah, I think you probably deserve to get punished for that a little bit. I still think it's stupid. I agree with the NCAA. I know it's a hot take. Nobody Ooh. nobody agrees with the NCAA. We always have to hate everything. The NCAA could walk outside tomorrow and say, the tomorrow. sky is blue. And we'd say, the NCAA is the stupidest thing ever. The sky is obviously not blue. It's a merely a reflection on the water and just disagree just because the NCAA said it. That's how we, we've gotten to that point now where no matter what the NCAA is, someone will bitch and moan about it. Wow. You're coming, I said it. coming in
0: guns ablaze in here.
1: I said something no one else is willing to say. <laughs>
0: I think it's stupid that he's being suspended for three games.
1: <laughs> you're just being a sheep. You're just fa- you're just following. I, I
0: think reports. I think we have to agree to disagree on this one. Then
1: that's fair. That's fair. Is this, this is, is the radio. Our, is this our first argument on podcast? It might be. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Three oh, Who cares? I mean, who do they play in their first three games? Let me let me decide how upset I'm going to be based on whoever they play in their first. If they play someone good in their first three games, then I think the NCAA sucks and should be burned to the ground. Like last year, they played some good teams right away. Um, they got Jackson
0: State, Arkansas State, Marquette. Which Arkansas State game? They 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 got Desi Sills now, so that could be a fun. That's game. true, and they got a bunch of guys
1: from Desi Sills high school too. If I remember yeah. right, we did we kind of talked about that. Yep. Yeah, see, none of those games I care about. Yep. So, all right, good for the NCAA. <sighs> Start standing right. up for yourself. You know, t- you don't do it once in a while. Don't just let the oh, I could get in trouble for this. Don't let the inmates run the asylum. So, what do you think about the Oklahoma State stuff? I think that one's stupid. I think that sucks. Okay. Talk about it. Um, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, it sucks just because I'm not usually like, uh, well, this person got away with it, so what I did the wrong thing, but since they got away with it, I should get away with it too kind of person. But I feel like a lot of – it is it is kind of laughable at Oklahoma State. Uh, what was the situation? One of their assistant coaches who was fired almost immediately yep. was funneling players to a, like an agency. Is that is that – do I have yep. that right?
0: correct he is doing so i just have it as he's doing some fishy stuff with recruiting players to basketball slash marketing agencies while employed by oklahoma state and he also did it at other schools as well and to my knowledge oklahoma state basically found out about it immediately fired and i think they also self-reported which i'm getting to the point now where that's the dumbest thing you can do if i were like an advisor to a college and you found out something that your school was doing wrong don't self-report the ncaa does not give a shit about that
1: well, no, and more than that, take it to the next level and just deny it. Deny more and deny more and say, no, no, you're not – don't cooperate. That's They've yeah. created this culture where basically Kansas has not gotten – Kansas hasn't gotten in trouble for anything. Uh, Will Wade, he's still out here with yeah. a job. still out here recruiting. He's gotten away with – he just – like that's what's – I mean, Arizona, nothing happened to them. I mean, this that's the kind of stuff that makes it kind of laughable, and that doesn't make what Oklahoma State did right – Although I think they probably handled it as right as they could by the information that we know, and assuming we have all the information, I mean, I, what do you want them to do? They're supposed to get rid of the guy, and now you're the old, the old kind of you're punishing the kids who had nothing to do with this.
0: I saw one thing where it's like the freshmen this year, this year for them were like eighth graders when this
1: all happened. Yeah, I mean that's that's absurd, yeah. and. I mean it definitely sucks especially because I, I think you and I both think Oklahoma State's got a chance to be pretty special. I think they've got a chance to be really good this year. Yep. Um, and you just took away a team that could potentially make the final 4. And that's that's a bummer. Yep. And it especially sucks now that we're we're uh, we're 2 weeks ahead of the season. Horrible timing. If they would have dropped this in June, um and all of these guys could potentially make the decision, "Hey, all right, I'm not going to I'm not I'm going to go play somewhere else." You know, maybe they maybe they wouldn't have anyway, but then it's at least up to them, and they have options. Yeah. Now, I mean, these guys are are kind of locked in here. They've been practicing this long. You're kind of hoping this doesn't happen, but who knows? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It just that that's where that's where it's like, can we have some self awareness, NCAA? I mean, you have to know. I don't know who runs the NCAA. I mean, it's, it's just kind sort of this faceless clandestine uh, organization. But it's like, can we can we either name this? Can we get this thing quicker mm-hmm. or? I don't know the the punishment just feels so arbitrary because you're right they did what they were probably supposed to do assuming we have the information we have and yep. there's programs out here like Kansas and Arizona and LSU that are that are just like doing way worse shit and getting away with it yeah uh, it, it uh, it's just kind of it it's kind of in, I mean it's indefensible
0: yep and then just take it you know you talk about Kansas I I want to take it from sort of a different angle here. You know, we talked earlier about Mason Gillis and Jalen Wilson, you know, doing some bad stuff. And to my knowledge, they're, they're both suspended for, you know, probably a few games each indefinitely, Um, but unless there's something crazy happens this season, both of those players are going to be able to play in the NCAA tournaments. Well, now, whereas guys like Avery Anderson or Musa Sise or Bryce Thompson, those guys will not be playing in the NCAA tournament last year or this year,
1: which is worse. That's horrible. That's that's yeah. uh, that's that's silly to me. Yeah, life isn't fair. I guess it's. Uh, I, I guess if those guys didn't realize that, they sure do now. Life isn't fair, and maybe that's a lesson that's worth uh, worth learning. Boy, is this the way to teach that lesson, though? I, I sure don't think so. I hate that.
0: Yeah. All right, um, and I just got one more thing here, Bigs. Um, and this is, you know, is this rings petty X to me? Did you see Ooh. the stuff with the colonial? No. What is it? So basically, James Madison University, who, you know, isn't, I don't think they're a big player in the college basketball world, but, you know, I'm from Fargo. You used to live in Fargo, so you, we both know who James Madison is just because they are, you know, for us, we watch NDSU football, at least I do occasionally. How are but, they doing this year? Uh, they're undefeated so far. Okay. James Madison uh, pretty good too? Uh, I imagine they are.
1: Yeah, they always are.
0: Yeah. But, you know, James Madison is sort of like, Another um, powerhouse football team at the FCS level. And yep. is sort of like always, you know, a final four team, if you want to use that term, in the college football play and the FCS playoffs. NDSU, now- is the Alabama,
1: James Madison is like Ohio State.
0: Yeah, basically. And so for James Madison, they announced recently they're switching conferences. Um, it might actually be going FBS. I can't remember if. If they're going FBS for fo- for football, but basically the colonial athletic conference or whatever you want to call them, they are it- using a two decade old bylaw and using that to keep James Madison from competing in their conference championships since they're leaving for a different conference. Ho,
1: ho, 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 ho. Hell hath no fury for a scorned <laughs> uh, lover. I suppose. That's true. Doesn't that really? just scream petty X to you? yeah but i'm kind of here for it i kind of love it it's like hey you know what you got you you don't want some of this then don't have some you're either in or you're out um so if you don't want to be in then you can't you don't get to reap the benefits of of being in here then screw you i'm I'm here for it you're here for it. i don't like it because it hurts the players the players are the ones (sighs) damn it no so see when you use that kind of logic well i suppose you're kind of right um (sighs) that sucks yeah i guess all right, I win. Can we tie? Okay. All right. <laughs> all right, Max. Do you have anything else you want to talk about, John? Uh, the only thing that I would just like to reiterate here: we daylight savings time. We're doing a little fall back pretty soon here. It's going to be dark at all times, but that just that just ups the uh, that just ups the motivation to get into a room where there are no windows yep. and just watch college hoops. It's, it's the best been, time of the year.
0: It's been a tough, you know, seven months or so, um, with all like having to be outside and not being inside watching college basketball. And now we don't have to worry about that anymore. We are going to have wall to wall action of college basketball beginning Tuesday. And I'm here for it.
1: Yeah. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas is not the most wonderful time of the year. College basketball season is the most wonderful time of the year. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited. I think we did. I think we navigated the off season pretty well. I don't know if we did as well as like Kentucky and Texas, you know, racking up some of those high-level transfers, I think we're on that next. We're on that when we're in tier two, a lowercase b exclamation dollar point, sign. Or yep, <laughs> we're in we're in that tier in terms of how well we did the off season. But we did well. I'm here for it.
0: Um, let's see. I think our next show will probably be next Monday. We're uh, as far as went the schedule for the season. Um. When we can, we're probably going to try and put out two episodes, which will probably mean Monday and Thursday um, every week. Could be Friday. It also could just depend on when do we feel like releasing it. We, uh, you know, this is not our normal jobs. For those who were, are confused by that, um, we do not make enough money. I know you think we're amazing at this. We do not yes. make enough money to not have to have another job. So we cannot put out as much content as we'd like. So mm-hmm. tell your friends about us. And then you can have us more.
1: Tell your friends about us.
0: I'll just do the Pat McAfee. I'll say, if you enjoy the show, tell, tell a friend. If not, pretend like it didn't happen.
1: Yeah. Or if you didn't enjoy the show, you probably need to rethink your life. And this is awesome. probably why you don't have friends. Exactly. All right. Let's get out of here. All right. Bye.